Welcome to the Conservation Queens podcast. We are four girls who love the earth and have a passion for living a more eco-friendly life. We are real life zoo employees. And as always, nothing that we say reflects our organization and all thoughts and opinions are our own. Please keep in mind, we try to keep the podcast around PG-13. So if you have younger listeners, you may want to review the content beforehand. Uh, With that, I'm Emily B. I'm Abby. I'm Kimmy. Oh my gosh. Are we ever going to do this correctly? No. No. <laughs> but we made it. We're here. Look at that. We're going we're gonna to start this podcast. The we're the new, we know year. How, new year. New year, same us. never saying our order right for the roll call, but it's fine. I mean, maybe, maybe 2022 will be our year. Where maybe we if we had it. a fixed order, that would help, but also that's a lot of effort. We never have a fixed order. <laughs> Why have a fixed order when you have complete chaos? True it that. is more fun to have complete chaos all right they had a google doc whoops (laughs) you're good well you're up next kenzie so (laughs) you got the fan shout all right two lines (laughs) you're doing great make them count all right fan shout outs let's get it started so thank you to all of our fans who commented episode suggestions on our latest instagram post we are definitely going to try and do those episodes uh yeah. yeah, there were some good suggestions. Oh, yeah. yeah. So whoever suggested that we do an episode on Xenarthra, I am so there. I mean, we already did an episode all about sloths, but I am willing to branch out to anteaters and armadillos. But what about oh, the big yeah. sloth? Well, yes. And then like ground sloth and like giant, giant, giant anteaters and all that. So we should do a prehistoric episode. Ooh. Didn't we, we do that? We did. We did. Extinct animals. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I mean, but I could just talk to all the eight-year-olds at work and get all the deets on the dinos because they know way more than I do. Oh, I can also help with that because I also yeah. You know what? What if we just find a three-year-old that's really dinosaurs and interview them? Well, we would have to do dinosaurs and marine reptiles because I got schooled Mm. by like a six-year-old the other day because he was like, "What's your favorite dinosaur?" And I was like, "Probably a plesiosaur or like a Leoplerodon." And he was like. Those aren't dinosaurs. Those are marine reptiles. I mean, he ain't wrong. <laughs> he's not wrong, but he schooled me. Well, then we have to also do flying reptiles because birds. They're not dinosaurs. They're different. I know, but that's what I'm saying. No, I'm like... just saying for the listeners. Oh. There's a difference between dinosaurs and flying reptiles. Spoiler alert, pterodactyls weren't dinosaurs. Dun, dun, dun. And every time I tell a kid that, I can see the light leave their eyes. <laughs> I think the light left my eyes when I first learned that as well. <laughs> It's like, wow, you mean the movie Dinosaur um, lied to me? And uh, what's you call it? Land Before Time. Yep, that's the one. And also All Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park, man. I mean, that could also be another one. There were cur- you mean raptors didn't actually look like that? What? All the times that the TV lied to me and the internet wasn't real. Mm. We could. That, that's an episode. How accurate are these dinosaurs? Is there one more fan shout out? I oh, believe? yeah. Also, shout out to my dad, because he sent us an article that helped with this episode. He likes to send me random things online, like weird, funny stuff that he finds or stuff that he thinks I'm really interested in. And so he sent me this and said, you should do a podcast episode about it. And I was like, I think we did. And then I remember that was species that were discovered in 2021, which is not the same thing. So thanks, dad. 
Thanks, Abby's dad. His name is John. Thanks, John. Thanks, John. Sometimes they call him Jones. Oh. <laughs> Thanks, Jones. Whatever your name is. Well, I, I feel like this is, it's almost silly to do our conservation news, zoo news, and beluga news because this whole episode is like going to be a recap. But I got some this. good ones. Oh, no, I'm not saying, like, it just it feels funny to me and I'm like, I don't know how to transition, but here we go. We're on to conservation updates, friends. We don't do the transitions best. in this podcast, Katie. That's really true. <laughs> we do very funny segues, and that's about it. All right. Well, I don't have one. So here is <laughs> a really fun, I think I think this is kind of crazy, like, piece of conservation news. Um, but apparently, there is an 80-year-old man who is reunited with his long-lost brother and sister because of his recycling dog. Amazing. Yes, you heard me correctly. So let me explain. Please. Do. Uh, so there's this eight-year-old man uh, in Europe who trained his rescue dog to pick up trash while they're out on walks. <gasps> so like he kind of became like a local, just like you know, people like always saw him walking around, and they started seeing his dog do that, and they thought it was really cute. And, like people loved it because who doesn't love a, you know, a dog who is. Uh, ecologically responsible like that's great we love it so he had his dog do that you know like every time they went out for a walk and soon enough he got uh picked up uh, in a television spot because of it like you know a little news bit and apparently <laughs> his the, his sister's husband saw the tv special and they were able to track him down because of it um, this man hadn't seen his siblings in over 20 years um, because they lost contact with each other after he, they all moved to different places. And then they were just like, hey, isn't that your brother <laughs> on television? It's a Christmas Wild. miracle. Yeah, and they literally found each other and reconnected and reunited. So thank you, Dog Who Recycles, for reconnecting families. And the dog um, was a rescue that they adopted as shelter. Aww. So even better. <laughs> so the moral of the story is teach your rescue dog how to recycle. You may just find your long lost sibling because of it. Because and you're man. helping save the earth by recycling. So Or just picking up trash in general. Like Way to go. Way to go, dog. Okay, we don't do our conservation conversation until the end of the episode. Mm, that doesn't matter. Um, pick up trash. <laughs> and recycle. And the dog says you should. So... There you go. Deals. That's, that's my conservation news for this week. I love it. Thanks. Zoo news? Zoo, zoo news. news. Uh, so as usual, there's no, there's not a lot of happy zoo news. There, there's, there's one. There's one, which I put at the end on purpose. Because <laughs> you realize on the end, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, so the first is Kobe, who was a cheetah dog at the Columbus Zoo, passed away last week. Oh. Um, he had a, some sort of spinal injury, unfortunately, so they had to put him down. Um, oh, but he cheetah. was a dog that helped raise cheetahs. Um, he worked with um, about 19 cheetahs in his lifetime. Wow. Dang. Which is a lot. Um, and then he also mentored other companion dogs. So it's like, this... this is how you raise a cheetah, guys. Okay. Yeah. I so know this is a little weird, but <laughs> it, it is a weird, weird looking dog. We uh... could do a whole episode on canines Jesus and conservation. And oh my God. Wait. Why well, aren't we, we doing that, uh, that <laughs> one Later. in a little bit? Oh, never mind. Sorry. S- stay tuned. I, okay. uh, <laughs> I was like, wait, this is a good alert. idea. <laughs> it's a good idea. That's why we're doing it later. Um, 
but he helps snuggle new baby animals. Just I'll also check it out. Well, job. thank you for your service, Kobe the cheetah dog. We love you. We love you very much. And he helped cheetahs run. And there's lots of really cute pictures on the Columbus Zoo's Facebook page and online. So uh. go look at those. Um, so now on to, I think, a new segment, Zoom Idiot of the Week. sure you've all heard this news. Oh, my God. Probably. Is... So if anybody wonders why Tiger oh. King is a bad show, I think this is a good <laughs> illustration of why. Is there ever a doubt about that? I mean, no, but at the same time, people are like, well, like, what's the harm in just watching it? Because you get idiots like this. So there was a man um, who is our age, unfortunately, decided uh, he was a third party maintenance worker at the Naples Zoo in Florida because, of course, it's at Florida. And he decided to jump over one of the barriers the zoo had and stick his arm in a Malayan tiger exhibit to pet the tiger. And Uh. you may guess what happened to that arm that went inside the tiger exhibit. Not good things, not good things, my guy. So I think it's important to recognize as part of a third-party cleaning service that, like, helped us. Was hired by the zoo, yeah. Because, like, a zoo person it wasn't a zoo like technically a zoo employee but not really a zoo employee and honestly like any zoo employee i know is like i'm not touching that tiger in any way shape or form unless it's a hundred percent euthanized or not euthanized sorry oh um, my god not what I, meant. I know anesthetized i meant that yeah <laughs> um so basically the tiger grabbed the man's arm pulled it into the enclosure after crossing several barriers um and then the sheriff's office was called and the first deputy that responded said they tried to get the tiger to let go of the arm the man's arm because the tiger like had bitten it but the deputy was forced to shoot the tiger now here's the thing we do not blame the deputy for what he did because that is zoo procedure (laughs) i do however blame this idiot for yeah. jumping over some barriers. <laughs> yeah, we can is... totally blame him. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because oh, I don't, I don't know what the other solution would be. Because he didn't immediately shoot well, the tiger. He tried to. He like Harambe all over again. It is. Yep. It is. It's it's because stupid people aren't following rules, and there's a reason that those barriers are there at the zoo. It's to keep you safe. And unfortunately, the t- Malayan tiger, his name was Echo, was shot and killed. And it was part of the species survival plan for the species. So not a whole bunch of DNA that's being lost. Well, there's less only like 300 of them. Yeah, nope, less than it's a very small amount. <laughs> it's, yeah. Yeah, you're one of the most endangered tigers on the planet. And it, it's just, a, it's a tragedy that could have 100% been avoided. And I would not be surprised if they're like, well, I've seen people on Tiger King do this and it was fine. Did the narrator's voice, one it was not fine. There's actually less than 200 of them left. Oh my god. It up. <laughs> so. I hate it. So, anyways. Yeah, um, don't do please that. Please be a responsible zoo goer. Not that I don't think any of our listeners. 
bears aren't but if they you better see not someone be. acting responsibly at a zoo definitely tell someone you know or if you feel brave enough honestly at that point the staff is okay if you intervene and say well don't jump into the exhibit to try to get no 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 no, no 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 i mean like yell at that person like get out of there from a safe space yeah or <laughs> alert a nearby zoo employee and be like hey this is happening yeah yeah and also our thoughts are with the um tiger for yeah. the for the tiger because I know Absolutely. that must be really hard and I, I'm sure there's probably a lot of feelings going on right now. So I was there a few days before it happened. Mm-hmm. I literally saw that tiger. <laughs> um so I was like, dang, that was a couple days ago. And when I got to work the morning after it happened, everyone at you know, my facility is very upset about it and you know, it's always scary when that's your job and and that kind of thing can unfortunately happen just like you you want your animals to be safe and you want the guests to be safe when they're like not that he was a guest like this was a guy that broke in after hours sort of thing like or he wasn't he was supposed to be there he just i know but he broke into the exhibit yes so yeah so no charges have been made yet but i I have a feeling. In the hospital? Question mark. No idea. I have no idea. I'm guessing like, probably a tiger bite's have... not a little thing. Oh, I'm just, I'm just looking right now. Um, criminal charges, as of one day ago, are still on the table for a Naples man bitten by a tiger. Um, did we talks on hold? Oh, they put oh. That was six days ago. They have all their keeper talks on hold right now because the keepers are just obviously still very upset by what happened. Well, and I'm sure you have other idiots who are asking questions. Yeah. Yeah. Like, why'd that guy do that? And you're like, I don't know. Oh. Oh, oh, okay. Never mind. (laughs) I just read the article wrong. I thought it said that. It said the tiger let go of Rosenquist and later died from the gunshot wound, but I thought it was that the guy died um, from the arm bite, but um, no, no, he lived. <laughs> no, the tiger let go after it got shot, because I don't think it was oh, shot in like the duh. head or something. It died of blood loss. Uh, sad. I know. Um, well, here's some happy can, news. Yeah, move on. <laughs> um, that Katie, I'm sure, will love. Yeah, I do. There's a baby orangutan that was born yeah. at the Audubon Zoo. So cute. And I would argue baby orangutans are the cutest primate babies because their hair looks ridiculous. Yeah, it does look pretty funny. And it's amazing. So that's some happy news to end our super depressing super segment. R.I.P. So on to... Um, yeah. On to the best news, Baluka news. My favorite part. Let's talk about it. Uh, so not anything super exciting this week. Um, I found an article uh, that talked about, um, it was an interview with um, some uh, marine mammal specialists at the Alaska Sea Life Center, uh, which is the organization that rescued Tyanek, the beluga whale, in 2018. Um, And it was comparing Tyanek's rescue with the rescue of another beluga that they had rescued, um, I think, in 2013. Uh, His name was Naknek. And um, he, that beluga ended up passing away, but they said it was because he was premature and he was basically abandoned at birth. Um, and when he was rescued, there just really wasn't enough that they could do. 
Um, but they were comparing um, him to Tyanek because Tyanek was a great success. Tyanek now lives at SeaWorld San Antonio, um, and he's just having a great time there because now he's, <laughs> what, like four years old? Amazing. What a great time to be a beluga whale. Um, and they were basically saying what they learned from Tyanek um, and what they had learned from the previous one allowed them to better care for Tyanek and allowed him to thrive. So um, unfortunately for that other beluga, you know, he didn't make it. But what they learned there allowed them to take better care of Tynek. And hopefully what they learned from Tynek will help them better take care of any belugas that they happen to rescue in the future. So that was kind of cool. Uh, that popped up a couple of places, interviews from that. Uh, and then the only other one, um, saddest news of all of 21, 2021, it's, to be it's, honest. It's kind of everybody news at this point. It's... Yes. Is that Betty White died, RIP. Um <laughs> On the last but, day. I know. Well, it was it was not a great day. Um, but she left a long legacy behind her as an animal lover and an advocate for zoos and aquariums and all of the conservation work that they do. Um, so many, many uh, facilities have been sharing um, when Betty White visited their facility uh, and things like that. Oh, all the pictures um, are so cute. Yes. Like and, her getting giraffe kisses. Right. And uh, Georgia well, Aquarium. I'm sorry that I left lipstick on your giraffe. Oh. Yeah, that was funny. Uh, Georgia Aquarium shared um, when Betty White was there, I believe in 2013, um, and she got to meet their beluga whales, which oh. the pictures, again, are just amazing. So uh, I thought that was totally uh, relevant in beluga news this week. Absolutely. Yeah. So RIP Betty White, but glad you got to meet some belugas. Yeah. My dream. Living Emily's dream. <laughs> it's true. All right. Um, so speaking of crazy things that happened in 2021, that is our episode this week. We we're doing, doing a recap, baby. A re- review. Uh, we're going to hit some of the good things and the not so great things that happened in 2021 in the animal world, in the conservation world, in the zoo world, etc. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Yes, exactly. Um, so I'm actually going to start this out. Um, I just grabbed a bunch of different um, ocean-themed headlines. Um, mostly I pulled these all straight from NOAA um, and their website. But uh, the first one is probably still the most relevant right now. Um, and that is, unfortunately, 2021 was the worst year on record for Florida manatees. Yeah, we um, did talk about this last episode. Yes, we've talked about this quite a bit. Um, but we have lost about over a thousand manatees were lost in 2021 when the average sits closer to a hundred to 175. Um, Most of those manatees have died from starvation uh, because their seagrass just simply isn't there. So their seagrasses, a lot of places have simply just not grown. Um, In a lot of places it's being outshaded by uh, algae, macroalgae that's growing and the macroalgae can grow because there's lots of pollution that the macroalgae thrives on. So it's a big, big, big problem here in Florida right now. Um, Florida Fish and Wildlife is starting a pilot program, which involves providing food to the manatees. Um, however, this is already causing a bit of a kerfuffle because um, everywhere you can see manatees in Florida, there's signage and there's, you know, people like, you know, people in my profession who are telling you, you cannot feed manatees, you cannot give them water. They are protected by three separate federal laws. Um, but now F- Florida Fish and Wildlife has said, this is so bad, we are going to try to feed the manatees. Now, they are sanctioned to do so by the government. Um, However, the messaging has been very confusing, and it just pains me because on every single post, 
that Florida Fish and Wildlife makes about this manatee feeding program, there's just like thousands of idiots in the comments. Like, oh, I have lettuce in my house. Should yep. I be feeding the manatees? Yep. No. No. No, no you should not. Stop it. <laughs> so it's, it is a very thin line that we are walking, but it is because desperate times call for desperate measures. So hopefully uh, this can provide the manatees with some much needed nutrition until we can find a better solution for them, to be honest. Um, and then the other part of this is that because they were down listed to threatened um, in order to give them more protections and more um, federal money, to be honest, uh, you have to move them back to endangered, um, which they have passed the threshold for that, in my opinion. <laughs> uh, but this process is so lengthy and there's so much red tape that goes on to make these decisions that the process of putting them back on, as endangered could take up to five years. Which is and so dumb. Manatees simply do not have that they time to spend. They do not have the time. <laughs> they do not. Uh, so hopefully that process moves a little bit quicker, especially with the dire situation that we are in right now. Um, but that is really the big, the big news here in Florida um, for 2021. <laughs> ridiculous all right um i don't even know what the solution is like that's the hard part is it's like solution is stop climate change. <laughs> well the solution is stop climate change the solution is get people's heads out of the gutter um and understand that these corporations that are dumping mass amounts of nitrogenous waste and fertilizers and agriculture fertilizer into the florida waters like mm -hmm. you are the problem period. Mm -hmm. um, and the seagrasses are not going to recover fast enough because of all of the damage that's already been done. Ooh, so there it is. There it is. I could go on and on about this all day. I mean, here's the thing. <laughs> I guess what I meant to say is I don't have a reasonable solution. <laughs> yes, yeah. there is no easy solution. <sighs> so I know that this year too, all the aquariums and zoos in Florida banded together to help save as many manatees as we could. And I thought that was like a, a pretty amazing effort that was put forth by everybody. Yeah, so. at our facility alone, I think we took in five extra manatees this year. That, that um, we I know barely we have room for, but we did our best. Yeah. So every facility that can take manatees is doing their best to, you know, turn them turn them out to get them out back out there and make room for the ones that really need it. Well, yeah. and what sucks is like putting them back out. You don't know if it's like actually gonna if it's gonna be death sentence or not. Right. There's only so much you can do. Yeah. All right. Uh, I know. Let's what, talk about some more. I know what Kenzie's uh, thinking right now. What am I thinking? Put your money where your vote is. Where you vote is. Where you vote with your money. There it is. There, that, that's the thing. <laughs> you, you vote with two things. You vote with your ballot and you vote with your money. That's true. <laughs> if you want to be effective, do both. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> continue. <laughs> yes. Uh, so I have several other um, shorter bits of information and news from 2021, um, all ocean related. Uh, the first one that I found, um, this article came out right at the end of 2021 um, from NOAA, basically saying they hit a huge milestone um, mapping the ocean floor. Uh, they have a... Um, underwater robotic vehicle that roams around uh, literally just mapping the ocean floor. Um, it's called the Okeanos Explorer. Um, they have their own Instagram. It's pretty great. You all should follow it. They always post weird ocean critters that they see. Oh, yes. It that. is one of the greatest source of joy um, that I have in my life. 
on that same note i just bought weird deep sea ocean washi tape and it's one of my sources of joy amazing um but yeah so that um like i said okeanos explorer has an amazing instagram page uh but they have mapped 772,000 square miles of ocean floor uh which is just under half of all of the seafloor that is controlled in the U.S. economic zone. So it's basically all of the ocean that the United States controls. Uh, we have mapped just about half of it. Just a side note, it kind of, I can't really wrap my head around the whole part of the ocean that we own. <laughs> it's learning about where, this. Is that where the pirates are? Probably. <laughs> Or the mermaids, either one, maybe both. It's where you go to dump a body if you don't want to get charged. Oh my god! <laughs> All right. I mean, Kenzie's not wrong though. That's where you do it. Mm-hmm. They can't charge you anywhere. Wait, wait, wait. Where is it though? Uh, is so it? it has to do with uh, the amount of miles you are from shore. Mm-hmm. Oh. I don't know what the, I think. Like fifty miles is a certain zone, and then two hundred miles is another zone, and then I think it's past that is um, high seas. Does that change depending on country to country? No, that is per international law. Yeah, okay. inter- yeah. Ten four. I learned about this many eons ago, so I could have my numbers wrong, but um, oh, that is the general gist. It 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 has to do with all the laws that they uh, put in place for like fishing vessels. Like mm-hmm. if you're licensed to a certain country, you can only fish in this certain area unless you're. I remember some of that from that. Oh my god, what was that show on Animal Planet about? Oh my god, the whale Wicked hunting? Tuna. No, 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 no. This is an older show. This is. Oh, well, I talked about it on Wicked Tuna as well. Whale Wars. I think it was called yeah. Whale Wars. Yeah. Yes. And it was like about boats that were trying to stop, you know, other boats from whale hunting. Right. And it was it was quite a show anyway, but. I digress. Anyway, back to mapping the ocean floor. Um, Noah has listed the benefits of mapping the seafloor. There are many of them, including discovery of new geological features, um, enhancing the study of marine animals. Uh, I don't know if I talked about it on the podcast where they, they discovered recently, like the first live footage of this like gigantic jellyfish. Did we talk about that? think so but please tell me again i don't remember it was this like phantom jelly or something ridiculous yes yeah yes. i remember that name yes um that was from this this vessel and it's so ginormous yes scary. so they're finding me. all kinds of animals that you know maybe have only been described to science once or twice or we've never seen them alive and this vehicle is seeing them in droves which is amazing mm-hmm. again mm-hmm. reasons why you should follow their instagram reasons uh, why you should never go into the deep sea alone <laughs> or at all or at all uh okay also other benefits include um understanding climate of the ocean um understanding how climate change affects the ocean um improved marine navigation um detections of hazards such as earthquakes underwater landslides and tsunamis um and then you know things like (laughs) national security telecommunications offshore offshore energy etc pirates yeah sure pirates Pirates. mermaids you never know are good for me to try and go so good Atlantis. for them. Um, their goal is to map all of the ocean, all of the seafloor that is controlled by the United States by 2040. All right. So, this suspiciously goal. sounds like the plot of Atlantis, though. <laughs> uh, oh, moving right God. along. So uh, we've talked a little bit about beaked whales in the past. Um, you know, Emily's favorite non-beluga cetaceans. <laughs> um, but... There was a sighting of a beaked whale called known as the Hubs beaked whale off of the coast of Oregon. 
Um, this happened in October of last year. Um, they noted in the article that of all the beaked whales known to science, only six have never been seen alive. How do what? We, how is that possible? How do, we, how do we know of them? Oh, I guess others. They patients. literally wash up, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And we're like, we've never seen that before. Die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I got you. <laughs> anyway, um, this the hubs beaked whale they had not been seen alive until 1992 um and then they had basically hadn't been seen since until they just saw these off the coast of oregon and oh, it was so they, so they didn't make it up that other time guys exactly um they it was pretty neat though uh the vessel that they saw these whales from was bound for the great pacific garbage patch because they wanted to go look for beaked whales there um and then they happened to see this very rare species of beaked whale um on their way which was pretty cool um, another new species of jellyfish was found off the coast of New Jersey. Um, in the article, it was described as having warts and I, there were no pictures, but I want to know what a warty jellyfish looks like. Right. That's kind of weird. Warty jellyfish. Weird. They said I don't it was know if this only, is a good thing to Google. They said it was the first time the species had ever been seen and it was only the second species in the uh genus i oh, think that had ever been discovered do you want to see jelly. what the first no do you not the comb first, it the... says warty comb jelly well this isn't that's not the one i'm talking oh, about okay, but do you no. want to hear what the what the first article says oh boy the warty comb jellyfish has a disappearing anus and then it continues that is also Great. that has there, been observed only creating an anus when it needs to defecate <laughs> incredible <laughs> anyway so good all right. Another 2021 news. I don't know. That's even that's from 2019. That's a, that's old news. Oh, <laughs> disappearing anuses are so 2019, Katie. Come on. Okay, my bad. All right. Um, just a couple more fun ocean things that happened in 2021 here. Um, biofluorescent fish were discovered in the Arctic Ocean for the first time, um, which I think completes the uh, what is that? Five, six, o- five oceans. Uh, <laughs> Completes being found in all of them. So now we've found biofluorescent fish infinity, everywhere. Infinity, um, bioluminescent fish. Yes, they were called the snailfish, which I thought was kind of cute. Um, but they biofluoresce, and so that was the first time any biofluorescent fish had been discovered in the Arctic. So that's kind of cool. Um, and then the last one, I remember this got a lot of buzz at the time. Um, scientists photographed glow in the dark sharks for the first <gasps> mm-hmm. time in that was uh, this uh, last year? year. Yes. Last so we've year. known that. <laughs> Sharks can bioluminesce. Um, we've known what kinds of sharks we think could bioluminesce, but you could, it was impossible to get like video or photographic evidence of them actually doing it because they dwell so that deeply. Was only last year? Yes. Last year was a long year. Oh my God, it was such a long year. 365 days of it. I remember reading that article. It felt like 50 years ago. Okay. <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, the one that they photographed first was called a kite shark. Um, they are also the world's largest known bioluminescent vertebrate. What a distinction. Uh, they get up to six feet long. So that's, you know, a nice, decent-sized shark. And they live off the coast of New Zealand. Um, on that expedition, they also photographed two other species of lantern shark. Um, the article noted oh, that... So um, they also noted in this article that of the 540 species of sharks that are known to science... Uh, they estimate that about 40 of them can bioluminesce. So that's pretty neat. Noise. And that is all I have for fun ocean news of 2021. That's pretty it. incredible. That is some fun ocean news. I'm not yeah. really over that the shark thing was just last year. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly not. That, I, it just, 
it was such a long time well i have one i think big contribution news from last year um that i'm actually really surprised that we never talked about maybe we didn't i just don't remember but i feel like this is something i would have remembered talking about uh it is something called star technology so it's technology that um i'm sure had been in the works before 2021 but made its debut in 2021 Um, Back in May, it became news that a team of scientists created an algorithm to help figure out what species on Earth are the greatest risk of extinction and the best course of conservation action to take to protect them. Uh, So the way they do this was it was uh, through using satellite data and wildlife surveys, the Species Threat Abatement and Restoration Metric, or STAR for short. Um, which, when I was reading this article, I kept thinking it said Stark Technology because I just saw <laughs> I just saw Spider Man No Way Home, amazing <gasps> film. If you have not seen it, definitely go check it out. But it is not Stark Technology; it is in fact Star Technology. That's maybe not a bad thing. Star is what it uh, is short for, and it helps identify what types of human activities are harming wildlife the most, um, those that are most in need. The way that they do this is uh, the technology uses a combination of the IUCN red list information, which is the fun you know, thing that determines whether species are vulnerable, endangered, where they get that classification. Um, they use that and the impact of specific human activities on that animal to give a species a star score. The higher the score, the greater risk of extinction to the species. So, for example... Um, Using the tool, they found that the animal on Earth currently with the highest score, which (laughs) sounds like, yeah, they got the highest score. It's like horrible, Um, (laughs) is James Sportive Lemur. James's Sportive Lemur. I'm actually going to look up a picture because I don't know offhand what that looks like. Um, He's got. They don't look like it. Don't even look like we really got any. Oh, they're really cute. Dang it. They have really big eyes. Oh, Oh. sportive. Like uh, the word sport and then I-V-E. James's sportive lemur. So anyway, they have the highest rating. They have a score of 400, which is the highest on the scale. Good. Um, And it was determined through this algorithm that agricultural expansion makes up half of that score. And hunting makes up the other half. So literally, there are two enormous threats to this species. It's agricultural expansion and hunting, which um, which we've definitely talked about in the past, how agriculture on Madagascar in particular is a huge factor when it comes to the endangerment of lemurs. That's why they're the most critically endangered group of mammals on the planet. I've probably said that a million times, but there it is again for you all to hear and know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there you go. Uh, this was a quote from the article. Um, one of the scientists was explaining how this sort of information can really help with conservation efforts. So um, their example was when they, I'll quote, I'll read the quote. Um, it's when we applied STAR at a global scale to all 5,359 amphibian, bird, and mammal species on the IUCN red list, we found that stemming habitat loss driven by farming would reduce the average global extinction rate by a whopping 24%. Um, this data can act as a roadmap to help guide leaders around the world when they meet later this year, COVID permitting, to negotiate new goals to protect Earth's biodiversity under the Convention on Biological Diversity. So basically, it's a way to be like, hey, 
this is the number one issue facing this animal right now. So that is the thing that we really need to address if we want to have the biggest impact on saving this species, Um, which is, you know, nice uh, to know. (laughs) Because when you're, you know, talking about conservation, it's, you know, you can say, oh, you should... um, you know, save manatees by uh, reducing your boating speed and, you know, not littering near waterways. Uh, And yes, that obviously has an impact on those species, but the number one thing affecting them right now is red algae bloom caused by, like um, Emily said, uh, pollution from mainly, you know, large businesses and factories. So yes, we're helping, but like, what is the best way that we can help? It's that sort of thing, putting things in perspective. Um, And as a shock to not many people, most of the biggest ways are through agriculture and, you know, the way that we do a lot of things on a larger scale. Not that you shouldn't recycle. You mean to tell me that corporations (laughs) are bad? (laughs) Capitalism? Again? Kenzie, yeah. would you like to go off again? <laughs> uh, we'll be here, here for another more. three days. I'll say it again. Vote with <laughs> dollar. It's not so. Anyways, to- yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, you can read more about Star Technology on IUCN.org. They have a, a lot of information on that website specifically. Plus, IUCN.org is just a great resource in general um, for knowing uh, about the status of many of your favorite animals. Uh, so yeah, definitely like a really significant technological advancement we made in 2021. So good on you, scientists. <laughs> Thanks for doing that. We do like science. Now we just need world leaders to implement that the knowledge from this technology into new plans and such. And, All right, uh, let's not get carried away now. Okay. <laughs> well, anyway, on to some good news, shall we? Yeah, I this, think that was pretty good news, to be honest. <laughs> this is where my dad's article comes in. Um, it's good news time. Thanks, it's from John. the Good News Network. Um, I didn't use all of them because some of them were things like, this person saw a humpback whale. And I'm like, that's really cool. It's not really conservation news, but that's <laughs> awesome. That's that's a lot of what's on Good News Network. Sometimes they have some really awesome conservation-related articles. And then sometimes it's like, look at this group of tourists like whale watching. Wow. And And you're like, now I'm jealous. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. All right. So the first one, there is an 100-year-old Galapagos tortoise that was found on Isla Fernandia in the Galapagos Islands. Obviously, because it's a Galapagos tortoise. Uh, (laughs) And it is a thought-to-be-extinct species. Turns out, it's not. (laughs) It's pretty good. They are now on the lookout for a boyfriend for this lovely lady. Aw. Amazing. She's been waiting 100 years. (laughs) I've waited a hundred years. <laughs> That's a good old lady accent. <laughs> All right. Uh, next, so a very cute lost kitten was found in Europe that looks suspiciously like my cat, and now I have some questions. <laughs> because turns out it was a Scottish wildcat, which is a, a super endangered species. Oh, wow. Did my they, kitten was found in Florida. Did they release though, so it back to the wild? They, they, yes, they did. Yeah, no, they didn't keep it. Um, okay, wait. Everyone, Google Scottish wildcat. 
This looks like the grumpiest cat I have ever seen in my Does life. Does it not look like my cat? <laughs> she doesn't have that grumpy face. She has like a normal domestic cat face. Like, I don't if you know. look at these pictures, they have these like straight brows. They are. And angry. they look they look grumpy. Like in the cutest way. Like I want to smush one into my face, but like but don't. they would definitely kill me. Um, He's angry. I'm just saying, I don't think you've seen Izumi at her worst. Because this (laughs) is what she looks like to me. Well. (laughs) Either way, it was a good deal. And then the people, so they brought the the cat to the vet. And the vet's like, yeah, this ain't a domestic cat. (laughs) Um, It did need help, though. So it was still a good thing. Because the kitten was, like, frozen and malnourished. So, like, they still 10 out of 10. But it was like, fear me. Right. Um. And they named it Huntley, and then it, it got re-released. And now the people who found it are raising funds to help save Europe's only native wildcat. Oh, wow. Oh, so, like, beautiful. That is that is a really nice story. It was beautiful. Um, next, remember we talked about kiwi birds? Yeah. And how they're crazy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Apparently they're becoming more yeah. widespread across New Zealand. Good. As <laughs> which is amazing. Um, and a lot of the data was connect- gathered by community scientists in New Zealand, which is the best. That is Very the best. Um, we love those little weird birds. They're so strange. And apparently there's a 50% increase of calls in 2021. Oh, wow. Which is a lot. <laughs> so the biggest piggy in the world has been reintroduced back into the wild. The biggest what? piggy? They're the biddiest. They're what small. is their name? How oh, the, oh, the they're called the pygmy hog. The pygmy hog. Piggy dipping at the piggy pond. Oh, they're teeny tiny. <laughs> they're so small. Wait, who laughed? Is that Kenzie? That was me. Okay, thank God someone understood my reference. No, you're good. I just heard you sing a song in the background. It was very cute. Oh, it's it's an audio on TikTok right now. Um, I didn't hear I, it. it oh, someone's cat like dips their paw. Like some, you know, some cats when they drink, they dip their paw in the water bowl and lick it off their paw yeah. Yeah. instead of drinking it. So someone's cat like did that, dipped their paws, and then she like tracked water like into the living room and like this. Her owner is like videotaping her, and she's like, oh, "Piggy dipping at the piggy pond. Nah, you went, <laughs> you went sausage swimming in the water bowl." And she's like, <laughs> just yelling at this cat but it's so funny it's like everyone's using it anyway i'm just on the really deep side of the cat tiktok but um continue with your pig news please yeah so basically it bitty it's small it only 10 inches tall oh my god (laughs) stop it's so little pigby hog is that what it's called pigby hog oh my god it's so cute i know i i'm like I so they kind of look like if a squirrel and a pig had a baby. <laughs> just look at where are they native to? Uh, India. Wow. And so Amazing. that's where they're being reintroduced. Yes, I'm going to India. Uh, and here's here's the best part. Are you ready? Yes. They're the last living species in the genus Porcula. <laughs> they must be. They must be protected. They're featured in uh, the live action Jungle Book. Oh, oh, they? <gasps> oh my god! I literally just googled right. pygmy hog, and like the, one of the suggested like Google fill-ins is like pygmy hog jungle book. So I clicked on it, and there's a jungle book wiki. In case you're wondering, um, 
And there's an Indian pygmy hog whose name is Fred, and his appearance was in the Jungle Book <gasps> in 2016. Oh, he doesn't yeah. have a very big role, but he's yeah, neighbors no. with Baloo. Yeah, I Whoa. see that. Well, and there's some yeah. little pictures. Incredible. All right. Yeah, incredible. So we're going to watch the Jungle Book again so I can yell about Baloo, but then freak Be out happy so we can yell at Fred hug. the pygmy hog. <laughs> Fred the pygmy hog. So good. Um, and they have been reintroduced through captive breeding methods. So thank you, zoos. Very good. Ooh. We love it. Next. Uh, <laughs> oh, gosh. From the biddiest to some big boys. Uh, Swinho's softshell turtle, also known as a Yangtze softshell turtle, thought to be the last of his species, found a girlfriend this year. Wow. wow. So he was in a zoo by himself. Um, he did not actually find the girl <laughs> um, but they found a female softshell turtle of the same species come through and through DNA testing the female was a mere 86 kilograms which is 189 pounds wow that's a, that's a big girl especially for a softshell turtle it's Can a big softshell turtle holy cow he big did. big she these did. are the only two left on the planet swin hose softshell turtle is well now big. I gotta look this up gosh darn it you know there it is. Oh my God, Lord. <laughs> Lord, that's a unit. That's a unit right there. Oh my God. You know how like soft shell turtles have the weirdest noses? Oh my God, it is Pig huge. Noses. Yeah, it's big. God, I love them. It's like sea turtle size. Out of all the sea turtle, yeah, it really is. Out of all that, of all the sea turtles, out of all the turtles, soft shells are definitely the, the funniest looking. Uh, yes. Like, no no argument there. Holy yeah. cow, they're so big. They're so big. It really so is, now like, gonna... the size of a, a freaking logger. <laughs> I know. Good. I'm going to try to introduce Gracious. them so we can have babies. All right. Yeah. Get on it, you two. Let's go. All right. Uh, this one got a lot of attention earlier in the year. Um, places like the River Thames and Seattle have seen a lot of animals return. Um in 2021 so there was a lot of wildlife seen in the thames like dolphins and seals and then humpback whales seen in seattle for the first time in a long time um at record numbers so that was really exciting very good very good um so another fun thing this is more conservation news but it's good to bring up because it was a really cool thing last year during texas's a crazy weird snowstorm that like put out mm-hmm. so many people and animals volunteers flooded there to help save over 2000 cold sun turtles yeah I remember that and it was like one of the most amazing things so way to go uh we also talked about this earlier this year cheetahs are being reintroduced back into india Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was awesome news. Which is cool. So if you want to hear about that, I don't remember which episode we talked about it, but listen to them all and figure it out. <laughs> and let us know. And let us know. Um, rhino poaching was at an all-time low this year. Very Ooh, good. I like that. Uh, especially in Asia with the Javan and Greater One-Horned Rhinos. Mm-hmm. Um, population numbers have increased significantly, as in from like 1,000 to like 3,000, which yes. is pretty good. Wow. Um, and finally, the monarch butterfly population west of the Rockies had an over 4,000% population gain. We love that key plant in your milkweed, everyone. Please do. Now, to be clear, that was the West Rockies population. Um, oh. Our main population is still uh, 
not doing as great, but so it's it's still awesome. Keep like, planting your milkweed <laughs> Oh yeah, same message, just different. Yeah, is is good. All good things. We'll take a win where we can get one. And then yeah. I'm gonna let Kenzie share this last piece of good news because it's up her alley. So this last bit of good news is right up my flight corridor, as we like to say in the bat world. <laughs> that's amazing. I don't know if that's better. I think it's great. Keep going. <laughs> so this guy is an orange-furred bat who is described in a West African mountain system. Um, it's called the Nemba Mountains in Guinea, West Africa. And they're actually sometimes known as the African Sky Islands, with peaks rising between 1,600 and 1,700 meters, which is like about a mile above sea level. Uh, these bats are believed to be critically endangered, but the Bat Conservation International and actually a local mining company are working to secure and reinforce old tunnels and cave systems. So that way, these bats still have hibernacula to live in. Uh, now, it doesn't say the common name for it, but the uh, scientific name is Myotis nimbanus. If you uh, Google it, nimbansis. Like yeah. new bat species 2021. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And he's bright orange. You can't miss him. He looks like a peach. He looks with like he's big covered ears. in Cheeto dust. Oh, wait. Wasn't this a meme on Wild Green Memes? Maybe. I mean, I, Wild Green Memes had a bit of a, a, a pretty good year. We, listen, that group had the best. If you, listeners, if you are not in the Wild Green Memes for, for ecological, ecological themes, themes Facebook you need to be. group. You really need to be. You it's don't know it's quality missing. content. And every year we have a war about which animals are the best um and the birds never win year? did the ice pack win i think ice, ice pack. pack won ice yeah. pack won yeah i can't decide what which was all I like arctic and antarctic animals i did vote for ice pack as you, you voted guess. well duh you okay <laughs> i have I problems was... though because i want to be in the i like thing. Thing. i donated <laughs> in the name of the shark researchers but i did, I did vote too for ice pack. Oh, <laughs> i did yeah so, so it's the to clarify this like battle they have every year is to raise money for conservation <laughs> it's, it's for good things um, um it's just very funny in the meme what is it like great. 49 shark researchers 74 yeah. <laughs> it was a meme from like two years ago Anyways. About 74 <laughs> shark researchers. Anyway, great yes. Facebook page, great memes, quality content. And sharks are smooth, so. Oh, okay. Sometimes you learn <laughs> fun things from there, too. Sometimes there is some quality. Like new stuff. bats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like bats, which are important. Yep. All right, so what are we going to look forward to in the new year? So, Katie, you already mentioned this, uh, but the UN Convention on Biological Diversity is actually going to be held this year in China, April 25th through May 8th. So go ahead and keep your eye out for that, listeners. Um, Also, last year, of course, there was the big climate summit held in Glasgow. So keep an eye, too, to see how governments follow through on those promises that were made. Um, Also, speaking of governments, uh, several midterm votes will be coming up pretty soon here in the United States. So make sure to vote. Remember, vote with your dollar and vote with the ballot. If you have to bully your lawmakers into sustainable climate change, go for it. That being said, when I say bully, do it gently. Otherwise, it will be (laughs) a very (laughs) But not do it gently and don't get arrested. Yeah. You know? (laughs) Right. Because chances are there's probably some poor aid on the other end of whatever phone call. That's true. Please don't cuss them out. That's very rude. <laughs> it's very stressful for them. <laughs> nicely bully your representatives. Nicely bully your representatives. We, um, need, we need you to voice your opinion so that we get stuff done. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, keep voting with your dollar. I say it every episode, vote with your dollar. Jeff Bezos, I'm looking at you. That being said, he did pledge at least $1 billion to help with climate change. Oh, okay, so 2% will he give his of workers? his total income? Oh, right. Wage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll hold you to it, Jeff. Kenzie, um, <laughs> personally. Kenzie, me personally. I'm going to check in on him like every six weeks. Um, but anyways, um, do things in your own local community. See if there's a community chapter or conservation organization uh, that you can participate in just around your own neighborhood. Visit accredited zoos and aquariums. That's a great way to help support a lot of the conservation efforts that we were talking about earlier today. Um, donate when you can to other conservation organizations. You know, share information with friends and family because the more people know, the more we care and the better able we are to help save the things that um, that need saving. Save all the things. That save need all saving. the things. That's true. Save Many that. things need saving. <laughs> My God, me. I need saving. We all need saving. Except <laughs> mostly animals. Yeah. And also us. Yeah. Remember, conservation is not just an animal thing. It's very much a human thing. <laughs> true, true, true. It's more a human thing than it is an animal thing, if we're being real. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and with that, uh, do we have any announcements before we sign off for today? Join uh, Patreon. Yeah, join our Patreon. Become a Beluga Babe. We're actually going to do Patreon things this year. We promise. <gasps> yes, yes, we are. It's a new year. Special new things. Us. Get ready. Like ready. bonus episodes, bonus <laughs> content, maybe more Ooh. stickers, possibly some like T-shirts and merchants. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. We, we want, want that big, have. big, sexy megafauna yes! shirt coming. I want to do it so bad. <laughs> Yeah. And then, <sighs> oh, and then just like one with like our logo on it and stuff. It yeah. Be real cute. Yeah, the yeah. logo can also be in the big sexy megafauna shirt. I okay. mean, I say the, the big sexy megafauna could be either the front or the back, and then the logo could be the other side. <laughs> no, because it has to be like big sexy megafauna, and then oh no no no, I'm thinking of the Daddy Darwin shirt. <laughs> <laughs> um, like a, like it says Daddy Darwin, and it just has a picture you know, of Darwin's okay. face on it. Um, with that, um, let's see. So social media, of course, follow us if you aren't already, but I'm sure that's probably how you found us to begin with. Um, (laughs) but you can contact us, um, on any of those social medias, our Facebook, our Instagram, or our email, um, to get a hold of us and let us know what you want to hear from us next. And I think that's all we have for this week. Uh, we will see you on the next episode. So get out there and stay sustainable. Bye. 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 Oh, 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 oh,